So, so yeah, hi everyone, welcome to this very special episode of Stammer Stories to, to celebrate International Stammering Awareness Day. And this is a very big day for the stammering community because it's our day to shine, but also to raise awareness around a topic that's very close to our hearts. And it's also started off very well because it's been announced that Ed Sheeran, who has a stammer, is doing a CBB's bedtime story about a book around stammering, which is amazing to get the topic started. And me and Haley were just discussing like, how fantastic it is to get people like Ed Sheeran showcasing. And I will sort of be discussing as well, like how there's not that many role models in the stammering community. Now you may have past role models, but there's not that many current role models as such for the stammering community. So it's really exciting seeing Ed Sheeran share his story because he's never really spoken about it, has he, Haley? No, I think I read one article where he'd sort of spoken about it in passing, um, but I've tried for the last six months to speak to his agent and try and get an interview with him about it. Um, and he's always been too busy. Um, but I'm hoping that a little bit of that persuasion has filtered in there and made him want to do the bedtime stories, because I think it will, as you say, make such a big difference, especially to young people, because as that a high proportion of young people stammer, a higher proportion than adults. And so for them to see somebody so successful, so brilliant with a stammer will just be incredible. So yeah, I'm really excited yeah. about that. And so yeah, so I so I spoke about my stammer many times, but I thought I'd share it again on this episode. So I've not known life about my stammer. My I, I was delayed saying my first few words and it, it was very, very severe to a point that they started teaching me symbols because they thought I'd never have a fluent vocab and now then I had speech therapy for 10 years intense speech therapy and now I'm here and I can't stop talking really and I and I absolutely love my stammer so, so so I think we'll so like I said welcome to this very special episode of Stammer Stories hey I I am your host and founder of this podcast in this podcast we talk about stammering from all perspectives I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field, and people who have a general interest in the topic. And I am joined by Hayley Hassel, who is a BBC Five Live presenter and a newsroom presenter. I, I worked with Hayley on a very exciting campaign a, a few weeks ago, which we'll be talking about in more detail. But it's great seeing someone with a stammer in, in such a public role and such a such an amazing role to inspire people who want to get into like that sort of job with a stammer. So Hayley, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So let's just go straight into my first question. So can you, so, so I've sort of done a brief intro, but can you just, just do a quick, in, do a quick in, 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 in introduction about yourself and tell the viewers what you do for a living? Yes, yeah, so my name's Hayley Hassel and I'm a presenter and investigative journalist for the BBC. So I've worked as a presenter on Newsround for 12 years now um, and I cover topics from war and famine to the world's biggest guinea pig. And then I've most recently started working for Five Live where I present a show at the weekends, a four hour show, which is the stories behind the news. So we look at how people are affected by big world events or mental health or various things like that, but it's very people focused. Um, I also work for File on Four, which is um, a radio documentary program. And I make about three documentaries a year on an issue that I find 
incredibly moving or something that I feel needs challenging or perhaps making change. So that's me. How how did you find going like swapping like not swapping about doing TV and then doing radio because like we, we were doing a panel yesterday in my workplace and then we had super party join my panel and like she was saying how like TV she could sort of use like her gestures to help her stand but like with radio because it's live radio she was saying that she's sort of more conscious about her stammer on like radio compared to tv have you found that like doing radio compared to like doing live tv yeah i totally get that feeling um and i was really nervous doing it um i think because i started in tv i've kind of developed myself in tv so i do use my facial expressions a lot i use my hands i use my whole body actually i think out of all the presenters on news round i walk around the most and move the most um because i don't know whether you feel this i i i, I sometimes feel that like uh, my body distracts away from the actual audio so just in my own mind really it means i'm less focused on the words i'm saying but radio obviously is just audio and everybody's just listening to the words the way you say it and what you say it I think I'm very lucky in a weird way that I've got such a, a big show, like it's four hours of me talking. So I've, I've had to do it and I've just had yeah. to launch myself into it. What Weirdly, what I find we- weird is I have to present the news every half hour. And those are scripted words that are um, not written by me, whereas the rest is all written by me. And that is the hardest bit because I feel the pressure to get every word right. And I feel that I'm going to let people down. And lots of people are listening to this news junction and it's about the news that's going on in the world. Or sometimes it's breaking news. So I have to get it completely right and I have to get my tone right. So I find the pressure on that really difficult. Talking for four hours about issues I care about, I find much easier because I can be relaxed and I can add tone and expression into my voice. And I just feel like the only way I do it is just by being myself. I just kind of think, relax, Haley, be yourself. And if you stammer, you stammer. So I kind of feel that that four hours of chatting is quite good sometimes to have a stammer because often, like if you listen to most radio presenters, they're, they're often mumbling and, you know, don't know what to say next. So I feel quite comfortable with that. It's that specific news that's tricky because I feel that that has to be perfect. And if you tell any stammerer, like, go and be perfect it will just make you worse yeah like like I always feel like that when you've got like a set thing to say like you're more conscious about that set thing to say because you know that you can't really change the wording in that yeah. set thing so when I was uh, when I was best man for my best friend's wedding like so I was reading out a, a poem at the church and my stammer was really bad because I was nervous but also because like it, it wasn't stammer friendly words it's like there were certain words that I knew that I was going to stammer on. So I was also more constant that. But compared to my speech at the reception, I barely stammered at all because it was something that I had written and it was a Mm. piece that I was more comfortable. And so I had sort of tailored it to make it more comfortable for my stammer. And and like I told you before, like I owned my stammer straight away. So, But let's talk about your stammer. When did you first realise you had one and how was it when you were younger? Um, I was about four years old when I developed a stammer. Um, This is from my mum and dad, I can't really remember it. Um, But it mostly affected me throughout school. Um, I had a stammer that was very, very apparent until I was about 10 when I started to get therapy. Um, Back then the NHS didn't give young children 
speech therapy because they said most children grow out of it. So um, my mum had to push and push every year until I finally got some help at the age of 10. Um, but before that, I, I was very lucky. I had really supportive parents who um, allowed me to go to acting classes, speech and drama classes, elocution classes. And I ended up loving talking even with a stammer and I was in shows and I used to stand up in poetry recitals and things like that. And I think what that did was give me the confidence to stand up and talk. It didn't necessarily try and fix the stammer or try and change it in any way, but it just gave me the confidence to talk with it. And so um, back to your question, the, diff the most difficult stage was before that really. So at school when I was bullied, called Donald Duck, and people would just mimic the way I talk or just laugh or there was one teacher who just wouldn't let me she never asked me to speak out loud and she never asked me to stand up in front of the class like everyone else was doing and so I felt like I was I was really set back that year and sort of went into my shell and high school was tricky as well I found a couple of teachers that I could trust who I told I had a stammer the rest I didn't admit it to um I was just very scared as a teenager of telling people that I had a stammer. Um, I didn't want them to think I was stupid or I didn't want them to think I couldn't join in or I didn't want them to think of me differently um, than everybody else. Um, it was only when I got to after college, really, that I started owning my stammer completely. Um, I entered national speaking competitions wow. and I became head girl and had to do speeches and um, sort of that point on I thought I'm gonna acknowledge I've got a stammer tell people I've got a stammer and speak regardless because I don't want it to hold me back um so yeah that was when it sort of turned a corner well then do you think that I found that my stammer has given me sort of more more of a push of motivation like it's sort of it pushes me to do more than I wouldn't feel comfortable doing do you think you would say that your stammer helped push you like join like the acting lot acting classes or like be head girls so you can like I feel like they're not all to other people who stand they, they sort of feel like they have to prove themselves wrong or, or like prove the people who didn't believe in their stammer wrong and like there, there's always that thing of like that fear of saying or telling someone that you have a stammer because you don't want want to be treated in in a different way because like the worst thing is when someone makes a scene out on your stammer and if whenever you come across that person, they sort of make a mini, not a scene, but they make a situation from your stammer every time that you see them, will will damage you massively. Yeah. And like it, it will really knock your confidence. Have you found that like your stammer has sort of pushed you to do more that you may have not done sort of maybe without having a stammer? Yeah, I think so. It's a bit like the chicken and the egg situation, isn't it? Is it because I had a stammer? that I had to push myself to just do the little things, you know, even talking in class was a lot harder for me than it was for other people. So then you get used to sort of pushing yourself into an uncomfortable situation. So therefore you go and do it more. Or is it that you think I've got a stammer and if I don't do this, I never will. So therefore I'll push myself. Um, so I don't know which came first really. I, I do think having a stammer has made me who I am. Um, just the, the habits I've learned, even from a very young age of always preparing what I'm going to say in my head, always thinking through conversations before I have them. Um, I, I do 
go through my life ridiculously preparing every situation, whether it's speech or not. Um, but it's also given me that push to go to places where I feel uncomfortable. And I think once you have that first experience where you stand up in front of a crowd or you're in front of someone really important that you care about and you stammer profusely, then once you've done that and you've got through it, you think, well, what else can go wrong, really? Yeah. You know, like I might as well carry on doing it. Yeah. I might as well go and interview the prime minister <laughs> and I might as well go and stand up in front of 2000 people at Wembley because, you know, stuff may go wrong, but I've coped with it before I can cope with it again. Um, And I do feel that people who don't have a supportive start in life and stammer, it can go the other way. Uh, And once they start retreating and not talking, it becomes very easy not to talk. And I think this lockdown has shown that lots of people I've spoken to have got used to not talking to people, not going into an office, not giving presentations. On Zoom, you don't really have to speak if you don't want to. Um, And so I feel that for some people, it has made them retreat more. But hopefully those people will have that push within them that they felt before just to speak out and speak out regardless. And podcasts like you're doing, you know, sharing this and talking about it. That's why it's so important that people are listening and say, you know, yeah, yes, I may have a stammer, but I want to push myself and I still want to speak out. Yeah, exactly. And like one of the things that I've realised about it, it can be quite a cultural thing, like some people like, well it's also like your career path as well so if you may like lots of people feel like they need to be completely fluent to go into certain jobs however like what is fluency like what how do we define what fluency is like we all have our own ways of talking and I think you sort of spoke about like in school like school was tough like I can completely relate to that but have you had any, any other times like within your job or like recently when you struggled with your stammer but also how you overcame that situation um in my job yeah I mean I've only really spoken about my stammer so publicly in the last few years so um before that I never didn't admit it and I admit it to small people I work with but I didn't publicly go out there and talk about it I think I was still quite junior in the role and I was I naively thought this might affect me getting a job or this might affect people employing me. And I think lots of people think that. Um, And so I do feel that in job interviews, I find very difficult and I would never say I have a stammer. And um, in meetings, I find that first initial, hi, my name's Hayley, this is what I do. That's really difficult. Um, but I would never hold my hands up and say I have a stammer. Now, it's the first thing I do. The first thing I do is I say, this bit's really awkward because I have a stammer, but what I can tell you is I work for this company and I do this, and what I'm I'm really excited to be here today because of this. Um, And I sort of have learned how to adapt to it. There was one instance where I had to report on the general election. It was the year that um, the Conservatives got voted in. And... It was a really, we were live at six o'clock in the morning and at about 20 to six, it looked like the vote was going to change. So we thought there was going to be um, a coalition and we thought Liberal Democrats and Conservative were perhaps going to share um, the power. And about 10 minutes, maybe I think it was eight minutes before I went on air, 
we got a clear decision that no Conservatives were going to win. So this changed my complete speech. I was due to speak for eight minutes and it changed everything that I was going to say. And at that point, I was stood there ready to speak on air and I had to change everything that I prepared. And I had directors, producers, camera operators, everyone shouting at me, telling me what I should say and what I should do. And I just had to say, stop. <laughs> I have a stammer and that means I need two minutes of quiet where I can just prepare what I'm going to say. I need to relax. I need to get take control of the situation. And I need to prepare what I'm going to say in this situation. And they all just went really quiet and said, okay, Hayley, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'd obviously made them really scared. And you know what? I did it. I just had those two minutes to realign my brain, to get the structure of what I was going to say in order. And I think that that was typical of how I am different to other presenters, where other presenters can just start talking and words come out of their mouth and they don't have to prepare at all. I do have to prepare. I have to know what I'm going to say and I have to feel in control of it. Um, whether I stammer or not doesn't really make a difference. But if I don't feel in control, then I, yeah, I, I completely lose the plot. So, <laughs> yeah. so that is one situation where I felt that telling people, look, well, reminding people I have a stomach and I'm about to do this really important job, give me two minutes, was really essential. But it, but it really helps in doing that. Yeah, like, I, so I can definitely relate because sometimes, like, like, preparing for a presentation, like, your brain just gets so, like, so busy with everything that you need to prepare for. And, like, don't like, like, events for, like, for, like, today or, like, my brain's just all over. Like, then I'm like, right just take a moment just be like right what am I actually going to be saying and and I really remember so with, with the BBC News live live in the, the interview that we did yeah so the Sevi so um Sevi so output team were late joining my zoom call so so they literally joined around a minute before I went on air and um, yeah. then, then because my anxiety was feeling like going oh god what was like what's happening and like my my, my brain was just like calm you spoken to like the producers they know that you're ready it's like Gosh, yeah. you are going on but because of like my brain from my stomach I'm like right you're going on in five seconds like okay I was like but, but like beforehand because like the producer was so it was reassuring that like, she was amazing was going they they they're getting you ready don't worry you'll definitely have to but like that situation like, I just had to tell myself just be like don't think about like the just think just stay calm and just think about what you're going to say and I was just thinking right breathe and then 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 I then then they joined the call and then it was just like go 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 I mean it was absolutely amazing but like it was just being that that two minutes of like waiting thinking mm. oh my god is it happening it was like then I think because like the anxiety behind my stammer like I think because I have virtual sessions like you you don't expect like when someone's going to then join the call or, like you may have that last minute call put in and it's like okay right like a few weeks ago we had a presentation a big team presentation and because lots of people were in the office before oh great we'll book a meeting room then I was presenting an update about the podcast no one had told me until five minutes before we had planned so I had sort of tailored my the meeting to be a virtual meeting, my, my slides to be a virtual meeting. And I, oh yeah, we booked a room. And I was like, oh, uh, was like, right, give me two minutes just to quickly just quit. But then I sometimes like prepare too much, like I overread mm. everything I'm saying. But 
like so we like your job is amazing like you inspire but also you reach so many people every day and like you get to see what's happening across the world but also like you're helping like share the news but also like you're sharing, helping children learn what's going on in the world how did you get get in go into this job but also when you were applying like was your stammer did did you have a slight voice from your stammer going oh, oh, i'm not sure what i can cope with this because like every person who stammers has that tiny voice saying oh, oh i'm not sure if i can do this yeah. did you have that yeah oh gosh i still have that now yeah <laughs> i still had that before every live session um yeah i don't think that ever goes away um but i just kind of have to think well you've done it before Haley. you can do it again and that that thing again what what's the worst that can happen yeah you know exactly. and you just hope that people are understanding and kind and forgiving um but not even that just just accept that this is me you know yeah. and if, if we were all perfect robots then there wouldn't be any point listening to the radio yeah. so um so I do think that and um, how did I get into it so I started I didn't start as a presenter I started behind the scenes um I uh wanted to be a lawyer after school and um as part of my degree went to work in Brussels for the EU and I was working over there writing their philanthropy initiative magazine so about all their charitable causes and um I there was a, a camera guy there and he said do you want to do some presenting for films about living in a foreign country so I said yeah yeah okay I'll do it and uh it turned out I, I was all right I could do it so that made me think oh you know I want to go and work in TV and I want to work in journalism uh, so I started as a runner at the BBC and I worked myself worked my wow. way up um, but I became a presenter by accident because I was working as an assistant producer for Panorama so I was making documentaries yeah. for them and we were making a documentary about being uh, about midwifery and I was the youngest person on the team so they asked me to go undercover so I went undercover and worked in three hospitals for over a year and that was honestly I loved that job I loved going in the hospitals caring for mothers and babies and doing that job whilst wearing a camera and then reporting on it afterwards and then I sort of it went out as an hour program on the telly and I was this big reporter and then I had to do interviews on this morning and on the news channel like we did and on BBC breakfast on the sofa and you just think oh my goodness right okay this has happened and so I kind of I didn't have a choice really I was just launched into it and then from then I did another couple of panoramas where I went undercover the same again I was a carer and um so I was talking and reporting on my findings and the same thing happened again you then put all over the tv and all on the, all the newspapers and from then on I was picked up by a program called Sunday Live which was on BBC One in the mornings and on the one show and so I started doing small reports for them and so in a way it was great because I was broken into it quite steadily and it was also I didn't drive and want to be a presenter and force myself to be a presenter it just happened that I reported on something I cared about and therefore I started talking out loud about the things I care about and I think that's what I do now I find it I find it difficult to talk about things I don't really care about because I find speech difficult and I have to think about it more than other people but if it's something I massively care about then I I want to tell people about it. And I think it's important to tell people about it. Yeah. So I think whether I have a stammer or not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use these words to tell people something. And I think um, someone recently said to me, 
you know the words that a stammerer says are far more valuable than the words yeah. someone else throws away because we have to make a real effort to say them and so now when I'm making oh, I love that I absolutely yeah. love that thing when I'm like, making documentaries for the BBC or File on Four or when I'm doing my show on Five Live, it's all issues I think are massively important. So I just feel like I'm talking with my heart rather than I'm talking with my voice. When I have to report for Newton on the world's largest pizza, it's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's got value in its own separate way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really amazing, like, seeing how you grandma also, like, how you sort of like sort of falling in love with it really with every chapter like you're sort of finding more but like you're sort of growing with it like you sort of like like I think lots of people go in thinking oh, oh I want to be a presenter but then it may find it harder to do it but sometimes like you never know who you're going to meet along the journey and like you never know what could happen even if you take on whatever the world gives you and someone told me the other day it's not who you know it's who knows you and like that's that's and that stuck for me because when you make such a clear clear impact and I remember how I came, came across Jack Dinsley was we did a a BBC Newsbeat for last year International Semi Awareness Day and we were both we were recording and we but I didn't realize until after when I came across like the work that he was doing and then I said, oh, don't come to the podcast because your story is great. And then that's how we met each other yeah, because of Jack. And like, you never know like where things will take you. And that's what I've loved about this podcast. Like I've met so many people like yourself. Like I've met from people from different cultures. Like I've met big YouTubers who stammer. And like it's sort of like every story is different, but like there's certain aspects that are always the same advice like it's always mm. and it's like just hearing what people have to say so let's talk about the amazing campaign because it was great to be a part of it also the coverage was absolutely incredible then like people at work so, so I just kept on having calls from a few like oh BBC again was like yeah and then, <laughs> we've just seen you on the news <laughs> yeah and like, like so many people like were texting me that day was going oh so I was just working away then I just heard your voice come on <laughs> and like, so where did that campaign come from but what have you learned like you must have learned so much about stammering but from the response from it how were you expecting that response yeah no it? not really um like I'd done a couple of small films on stammering before but they'd never reached that that scope and, you know, it's never been talked about for a whole week. Um, so Word Matters as a campaign on Five Live already existed as a campaign, but it was about literacy and reading. And I went to the, but basically seeing the great work that was doing about bringing literacy to life and talking to so many people who can't read and how it affects them. Um, I saw kind of what, what we could do with stammering. I kind of thought, wow, if they're doing that, we could do so much more. And so, I went to them and I said, you've not included speech in this. You know, it's called Word Matters. 
but there are so many people in this country with disfluency and I said especially after the pandemic people are really struggling and it was just my anecdotal experience so they said go away and do some research on it so I went and I spoke to all the stammering charities in the UK and um, a few in America and quite a few in India and abroad and found that every single charity I spoke to had had an increase in the number of people calling them or being referred through their medical associations for stammering during lockdown. And so I realised it wasn't just my own experience. Everyone was having similar experiences and that we needed to talk about it before everybody just stayed shut away in their own homes and never and never came out and talked about it. So um, I said that yeah, I, so I basically took my research and I took various, I'd spoken to about 20 people then about their, their own experiences and took them all to the, the head of the campaigns at Five Live and said, look, I want to do this. It was going to be called Speak Out and it was going to be a total separate campaign. And they said, no, let's make it into Word Matters because Word Matters already exists. It's already got a following. But what we can do is do a whole month on speech. Um, I said right yep you guys know what you're doing so that's what we'll do um, and so I contacted yourself uh, contacted Jack as she talks about um, and many people who really wanted to tell their story I spoke to lots of people who didn't want to come on the news and talk about it but I spoke to lots of people who did and they all told me the same thing they'd all found lockdown more difficult um, but they all had wonderful stories to tell me and I just think by talking about it it got so many people so many other people chatting about it and the conversation just grew and grew till we had so many comments from people from universities um, I had comments from Sky News I had loads of different people contacting me and saying wow one I didn't know that you stammered two I didn't know that it affected so many people in so many different ways and three I feel responsible for the way I have acted in the past and I want to change that and I thought that, that that was the best thing to hear, that actually hearing all these people talk about their stammer has made people think, wow, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to change the way I work with people who stammer or talk to people who stammer or just perceive them. And um, so I think that that was the best result from it. I mean, it, we were talking about it, weren't we, from six in the morning till the following day at six in the morning on BBC oh, News TV on the oh, radio oh. yeah and then into the next week and we're still talking about it now um just was it yesterday the day before yesterday I went to London and interviewed um a guy called Gautam Ranganjaran who is the head of BBC policy and strategy and they have just set up an internal wow. network for stammerers so this is the wow first time that's incredible any large organization has said we want stammerers to come to us and we will support you and help you and wow. so we did a big live um, event and we had people from ITV there loads of people from the stammering community people from Sky people from BT Apple Netflix so wow. loads of people wanting to know how you support people who stammer in the industry um, so, you know, it, it's still being talked about now. And look, we've just got Ed Sheeran on CBB's Bedtime yeah. Stories. So yeah. if, you know, what better? How, how much more can we do, really? Exactly. And, and like, it is just amazing. Like, when I've been talk, talking to like different journalists, like the amount of response the first sort of saying that I've had is, why, like, so why haven't we spoken about this before? Yeah. Like, I, I, I've sort of been surprised by the amount of response I've had back. And this is really interesting, but why but why haven't we covered this before like I think pe like it's such a unique niche topic <laughs> that I think people forget how big like I think there's 1.5 million people in in the UK who stammer 
yeah. and I you you'll find at least someone who you know who knows someone who's damaged yeah. and I was talking to another so in so I was quite involved within the apprentice community during my apprenticeship and I asked two people from my community team who came onto the podcast going if I hadn't been open and about my stammer would you have noticed but also would, would you have felt comfortable asking me if I did have a stammer and they were saying I one didn't realize that, that I stammered which really surprises me because well, I think that I stammer more than I may actually do but also then they're like but also we because we know that that sort of topic is quite not confidential, but like you, we wouldn't do it in front of people. Like we would just ask in general. Like it just makes you realize that. I, I, I think there are some people out there who think they're doing the right thing, but it can be the worst thing for some of the stammer. Like finishing their sentences. Like I can see how lots of people think it's helping them, mm. but actually, my worst thing is when someone finishes my sentence. It, mm-hmm. uh, and like when. Because you want to get that word out of it, like it, it's yeah. sort of like a tiny mission to get that word out of it. When, when it's sort of like, phew, I said it. Like there's sort of certain words that you sort of feel really accomplished from saying those words. And, but how would you say the pandemic has, has affected your stammer? Mm. Like, have you seen a change from your stammer? And, and like, were you going to the studios like during? Were, were you still sort of having slight human in, interaction or was it virtual doing the news and yeah so for a long time uh, a good part of the 12 months I was at home apart from one day a week when I go in the studio we were down to limited staff so I'd go in and see maybe one or two people and um, go home do the bulletins go, go into the studio do the bulletins and come home as soon as I could um, I've got two children so I was homeschooling as well um, and I felt very cut off from everybody else, as I'm sure everybody did. Um, and about week seven, I had a panic attack and um, was ended, I was sent to hospital, actually. I've never had a panic attack before. Yeah. And it was quite a physical thing. I, I thought, like, I, I literally couldn't breathe. Um, and um, anyway, they, they diagnosed me as having a panic attack, sent me back home. And my stammer was extremely prevalent for about two weeks I think my body had just gone, I don't know what had happened really. I'd gone into shock or I just wasn't coping very well with um, the lack of control of my life or the fact that everything was so, I, I, I didn't know what to tell the kids. You know, I don't think we've ever had this before where a situation has happened and we don't know the answer. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when they're going to see their friends or their grandkids. And yeah. um, I don't know what was going to happen with my job. It just it just felt overwhelming and um, yeah, so uh, my, my stammer was, um, you know, every sentence then. Um, and also when, like, you may think I sound okay now and on the radio, but I do, I do have techniques. I am yeah. blurring all my words together. I'm very conscious of what I'm saying. And when I'm relaxed at home, I, I do stammer more. Um, so, so therefore, you know, it, it, it was more prevalent then. Um, but it was also... It's also a, a good reminder, like when I start stammering, I think, oh, what, what's up, Hayley? What's going on? Yeah. You know, because sometimes yeah. you're not always aware of your own mental health, but it's kind of like a little sign that my, that my yeah. voice tells myself. So I kind of think, because the same thing happened uh, after I had my children. So after I gave birth for a good 
four or five months after my stomach was really prevalent and obviously that's it's a shocking life change and you've been through a massive sort of operation and um so so it's just a way of my body saying Hayley you need to you need to chill out you need to take time you need to focus on yourself so so yes my stomach did get worse during lockdown but in a way it's not always a bad thing I think sometimes it's a little warning to me that I need to take stock relax gain composure um uh, so yeah like James who came on he's a YouTuber and like he was saying like he he was saying like nearly like 50 plus flights per year and like he was saying how like his damage can be very affected by by like his fatigue and like how tired he is and like he realized that during the lockdown like his damn because he was getting so much rest like how different his damage was right but also like the but also the effect of like this week has been a very busy week like with work and like different events and I've really realized how it's been a really mixed up because I've been coming into the office with my team and my stammer's best when I've been sociable so my stammer has been really really good but also because of how manic it's been and how tired it is like there's moments where it's just really bad and like certain sentences and like, because I've been having lots of calls, but I was doing one recording the other week of a podcast, I had had one phone call, one five-minute phone call the whole day, was working from home. And I don't think I, I, I have ever stammered so much during a podcast recording. And it was really interesting for me to see how much my stammer relies on, like, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't realize, You're right. I hadn't realised that. And all those situations I talked about was when I was... On my own for for a long period of time so yeah maybe that has a lot to do with it as well because you don't really realize so. how many people you talk to like you talk yeah so you may need to talk to your son to let you through the train barriers or like you may need to talk like you talk to people at prep to get your coffee or like the people yeah. on your team however when you don't talk to anyone like they may just be a quick two minute call like it's not giving your voice that warm-up but I've got one question for you that I ask all that I ask every single guest who come on that, okay. that, that I do not pay. When you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of? Oh well, I I think now of Ed Sheeran, but that's yeah. probably because we've been talking about him today, <laughs> and I've been talking about him through my whole campaign. Um, Joe Biden. Before that, I've done a lot of work in my job on Joe Biden, and so I've looked into his story quite a lot. Um, so those two are probably the most prevalent. Um, I do know that, you know, people like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley are stammered, but they weren't in my lifetime. Yeah. So, and also you never, it's not like nowadays where people are on YouTube all the time or they're always being interviewed. I don't think I ever heard Marilyn Monroe actually stammer. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Ed Sheeran and Joe Biden. No, some have really surprised me, like, like Rowan Atkinson has oh, a, yeah, of course. Uh, but like it sort of makes sense, like maybe they're the character Mr Bean sort of like with his like, he's the stereotype like, of all stammerers isn't he yeah he does does not want him to talk at all but like like Stormzy recently came out yeah. having a but like it sort of makes sense that like, you don't really see him do media interviews like you don't really see him be interviewed as much but like there was one actress and both the brother and the sister are, are both famous but like they both stammered growing up I mean both had a fear of public speaking and now they are two two big Hollywood um wow, yeah. parts but yeah. like both but what I 
have recently looked into more about the genetic signs of stammering, but I, like, I'm the only one in my family to stammer. However, I have had thoughts that will my children stammer? Did you ever have that that sort of thought that you're so are you the only one in your family who stammer or so what how have you had that thought? I am the only like, one I know of um that has a stammer um I I think it's quite rare it's, well, it's yeah. rarer for girls to have a stammer as well yeah um so I have my children are at the stage now where they are they're eight and they're five so they've the eight-year-old has sort of got through it maybe but it could still be apparent and the five-year-old is in that stage when you, you you're most likely to develop a stammer and I'm just trying to be very chilled out about yeah. it. I'm just trying to um, take a step back. And, you know, there are times when she, she's still learning her vocabulary, learning yeah. her fluency. So, so yeah, she does stammer and she does um, say things. Uh, and, and so does my son. They both muddle through words, as children do. Yeah. Because I have a stammer, I notice it and I sort of think, Oh, should we go and do speech and trauma lessons or should we get your confidence up but I think yeah. I have to tell myself no Hayley like yeah. you know, their experiences are very different to yours in the 80s and it's all I can do is give them support and love and confidence to be who yeah. they want to be the most wonderful one of the most proudest moments in my life recently is when my son came home and said mum I've applied to be school counsellor and I've written a speech oh. and you know he didn't ask me for any help he didn't even, it was like three days later that he told me actually that it applied for this. And I was just so proud that he feels confident to stand up in front of the class and the school and say why wow. he wants to be school counsellor. And I thought, wow, that's that's all you can do is give yeah. your kids confidence to go for things that they want to go for. And the rest, whether you stammer or whatever, you know, it's it, it's a byproduct. Just wow. Just have the confidence to do the things you love, I think. I think that's what I'm going to push with my kids. Well, so to round up this this fantastic chat, and um, then it's been absolutely fantastic to really ce celebrate International Summit Awareness Day with you, Yay. and to really kick off everything. So if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers, and also three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, okay. what would they be? So, as I've said a lot in this interview, but I think um, three pieces of advice to someone who stammers is, be yourself just be yourself and whoever you are will just shine through I think another thing is own the stammer it is part of you and it's and it's a good thing as well as a bad thing it's made you who you are and sometimes I think honestly it makes me better at my job it makes me a better listener it makes me more understanding to other people's difficulties and sometimes when I'm interviewing really difficult and sensitive people in difficult situations I showing my vulnerability and the fact that I struggle sometimes allows them to show their vulnerability too and they really open up to me so yeah. I think yeah own the stammer because it's it's often a good thing and it's part of who you are and the next thing is don't ever let it stop you if you want to get up there on stage and say something or if you want to lead a march or if you want to be on a podcast then don't ever let it stop you just carry on doing it and three pieces of advice for someone who doesn't stammer. Um, be kind. Be kind always, as you always should be, but please be kind. Listen. Just because someone stammers or is stammering, it doesn't mean they don't have something to say. Like you said so well, Will. Um, you know, don't finish our sentences because we do have something to say. Sometimes we, it just takes us a little bit longer to say it. 
And the last thing is never exclude someone because of the way they speak. Yeah. You know, never say we won't invite them. And sometimes they're doing it because they think they're being kind. You know, we won't ask them to come on that day because they don't like talking or we won't ask them to come to the meeting because we wouldn't want to put pressure on them. Don't ever exclude someone because yeah. they stammer because we're usually the ones who want to talk more. <laughs> yeah, that is so true though. And yeah, I people who know me very well know that I love to talk. Then I think that I can talk for Britain despite having a stammer but like oh Willie's such an amazing advocate for stammerers <laughs> like you. you're so like the way you said at the beginning of this interview I love my stammer which is like wow that is how we should all feel that's how everyone should feel it's yeah you're such thank you. an amazing inspiration so thank you so thank, much oh thank you and but also thank you for uh, for our viewers slash listeners like it's the first time that this podcast was like a video and, and and listening so thank you for tuning in if you would like to see another live stream again i'd be more than happy to have to have another guest we've got some really exciting guests coming on within the next few months people from different countries we've got people from different roles we've got people who stammer people who work in the summer field but also people who don't have a stammer but just want to learn more about a topic so Haley, i can't thank you enough for giving me your a precious time and it your story is absolutely amazing within you're such a role model for people who want to go go into the media industry with a stammer so thank you and, and what you did with that campaign was absolutely incredible and i think you really got the conversation going oh thank you will well we'll keep it going together yeah we've got this so and then to our viewers thank you for listening uh, please make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter where we post all our exciting updates and facts but also keeping out for what other things that we may post on our social media see, see you in next time in two weeks so thanks Haley. thank you will thanks so all much right. bye, bye.